This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. David Sinners, one-timer score, Oscar Clefbaum, and Edmonton strikes again in overtime, this time it's Clefbaum. He takes the snap, he looks to the right side, he's throwing to the end zone, there it is, touchdown Eskimos, Duke Williams. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams, this is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chad. Garrison, Alex, Chason, welcome to the Edmonton Oilers. Both of them have completed successful tryouts with the Oilers, getting one-year contracts. The Oilers announcing that this afternoon. The roster deadline, 3 p.m. Mountain for NHL teams with the regular season starting tomorrow, though, of course, the Oilers still have an exhibition game to go in Germany. Also, Chris Russell has been placed on injured reserve, though he could possibly still play on Saturday for the regular season opener against the New Jersey Devils, and no surprise to see Andre Sekra place on long-term injured reserve. He had that Achilles tendon tear in the offseason. It was an interesting uh, 20-minute span for Ethan Bear, who uh, was assigned to Bakersfield and then recalled about 15 or 20 minutes later. uh, Just a paper transaction there with Sekra going on IR. So that's how the Oilers are shaping up here at the start of the season. Don't forget tomorrow morning, pregame coverage starting at 7 a.m. It's breakfast with the Oilers on 6.30, Ched, and then the game from Cologne will have the play-by-play with Jack and Bob at 8 o'clock. Going to be fun. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 630 Ched. And guess who's back for another season? Francis getting a move And Rudy made the save. And then it was nailed. Rudy, the goaltender, is still down. He was nailed after making that stop. Francis getting even the close line as he went by the net. Murphy had backhanded it at Rudy. Just to be clear, it's not Lou Francis, Teddy. It's Kelly Rudy. Hey, <laughs> Kelly, how's it going? <laughs> great, Reed. So great to hear uh, and Harry's voices again. They were maybe the most dynamic duo I ever recall in broadcasting. They were terrific together. Bob Cole going to do 10 more games this season, his 50th and final, calling uh, games in the National Hockey League on uh, Hockey Night in Canada, the voice of many of your games, especially uh, when yeah. you played for the LA Kings. But that highlight was uh, when you were with the Islanders, and uh, boy, uh, Lou Franceschetti wasn't shy about going to the net on that one, Kelly. I don't know if you remember that play. Oh, of course I do. Uh, <laughs> he and I had many battles, and I must say that uh, because of the way that he went to the net, he was very much like Glenn Anderson. Just not, he didn't have quite the same skill, of course, but he was, he played a similar style of hockey. But I became so frustrated that I think if you watch some of the videos on YouTube, you see that I really started to embellish badly. And I just thought, you know, if he's going to continue to run me over, I've got to do something because you're in such a prone position anyways. You're, you're still, he's going at 25 miles an hour and that's just not a bad, or I mean, that's a bad combo for 
a goalie standing still. So I just started to embellish like crazy, and he ended up starting to take some penalties. So, but he's a fantastic guy. I've gotten to know him after uh, our careers were done, and uh, yeah, good memories for sure, Reed. Kelly, uh, great to have you back for another season. You'll once again join us uh, once a week starting from now until the uh, conclusion of the Stanley Cup final way down the road sometime in June. But your season and the Flames preseason started with a very interesting trip uh, which, uh, which I, I'm sure you you had some memorable experiences. You uh, you accompanied the Flames on their journey to China for a couple games to play uh, yeah. the Boston Bruins, and, and a lot more than hockey to talk about. It sounds like you know what it was a great experience. I was really looking forward to it. I think it was in uh, July when uh, the NHL called me and asked me if Rick Ball and I would be interested, and of course we were, and. Uh, because I had never been, I don't know if you've ever been, Reed, but uh, it was a place that uh, I was always curious about uh, going, and it's a perfect blend. So I had a little bit of sightseeing and uh, some work to do. Uh, you know, it's an interesting project because I know the National Hockey League, they have a partnership, and it's uh, I read be- between six and eight years. I'm not sure what the difference is or why it's, uh, they can't just uh, nail it down to six or eight or seven. But uh, anyways, so... I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm going to go over there. I'm going to go over with an open mind. And, and just keep in mind also, Reed, during the National Hockey League Finals, Stanley Cup Finals, I was uh, sent a note, to, or I guess we all were where we work, um, and for one of the finals, uh, or games in the finals, 23 million Chinese watched it over in China. That's crazy. That's a massive number. So... There is an audience over there for the game of hockey. Um, Shenzhen was really cool. It's a really modern city. Uh, that's where they played the first game versus uh, Boston. Um, and I know if you would have watched it on TV, you would have said something like, okay, Kelly, well, there, there was, the building wasn't full. But uh, I don't think taking into effect the uh, impact that the uh, uh, typhoon had. There's a, a super typhoon coming through. And uh, so a lot of people, they're getting ready for that. And unfortunately, because it was uh, coming later that night, the next day, that really affected the turnout. But there's still about two-thirds full. And then after that, we had to uh, hightail out of there, both teams on the same charter with all the NHL staff and so on. So we went right to uh, Beijing on a charter. And that was another cool experience. It's uh, much different, um, whereas I said Shenzhen was really modern. This is an old city, and uh, I think somebody told me 30 million people. Cool. Different, uh, yeah, numbers. I also heard 23 million, but it's ridiculously busy, very cool. And I'll say this about the experience, um, the people are just awesome. I really enjoyed my experience over there, and they have some of the most unbelievable uh, historical places to go visit. So it was just very, very cool. Were there any hiccups in terms of just getting people or equipment, you know, in, yeah. in, into the country. I mean, the, you hear that reputation of, of, about China, but I, I've never experienced anything like that happen. Yes. Yeah, there was a hiccup. So what happened was uh, for the Boston Bruins, uh, I gather that everything was much better for them. But for the Calgary Flames, their equipment uh, was not able to leave the customs area for well over 24 hours when we landed in uh, Shenzhen. And so that, that uh, you know, it really affected their practice schedule. Now, and then when we went from uh, Shenzhen to Be- 
Beijing, same thing happened, but that is nobody's fault, in my opinion. That was that was a logistical problem based on the typhoon. So when they had to change aircraft, because we were going to be on different aircrafts uh, going over to, from uh, Shenzhen, so Calgary on one and Boston on another, and the NHL staff were going to be broken up on uh, different planes. But uh, because of the storm, and we had to, they had to rent out a different charter, so all the players, all the staff could get on with their luggage, but none of the equipment. So that ended up being trucked all the way from Shenzhen to Beijing, which I believe is something like uh, 28 hours or something. Oh. So that was the issue there. Um, that's nobody's fault. Um, but what was interesting, the year before, we heard that everything was seamless when Vancouver and L.A. went over, that they didn't have an issue with their equipment. And so I'm not sure what happened, but I'm sure NHL, uh, go over next time, we'll, we'll make sure that uh, it's a little bit uh, easier for the team so that they can they can come in, they can get a workout, kind of get that sweat, get that uh, your uh, jet lag out of the system a little bit easier or a little bit quicker than uh, what they had to do on this trip. All right. Well, it sounds like you had a great experience. Kelly Rudy joining us on Inside Sports, former NHL goaltender, now an analyst with the NHL on Rogers. It is uh, the night before the regular season for uh, some teams. You know, teams. Uh, most teams will get started in the next couple of days here. Obviously, the Oilers don't have one that counts until they play New Jersey on Saturday. Kelly, the, the night before a season, take me back to your playing days. Uh, you know, how did that feel? Did, did it feel different than the night before any other game? Or, you know, was it after a while? It's like, okay, yeah, I, I get it. I've been through the preseason. How did that, how did this sort of eve of the season starting feel for you as a goalie? You know, that's so interesting you bring it up, Reed, because you go through uh, sort of a different set of emotions. First of all, I don't care, unless you're a guy like Wayne Gretzky or Sidney Crosby or Vetchkin or there's a few others. Your goal is to make the team. I mean, you go through training camp or Connor McDavid, somebody that great, but most of the guys recognize, you know, it doesn't really matter how many years you've played. You've got to play well in, in uh, preseason so that your name is on that list that starts the regular season. So that's a bit of a sigh of relief. And then you sort of kind of calm, and then you start to get really ramped up, especially if you played a little while in the league because you recognize there's a different step when you play – the very first game of the season. Uh, there's nothing like you go through about four different steps uh, during the course of the season. You're playing uh, hockey with your buddies in the summer, getting ready for training camp. Then you jump on the ice with your teammates in camp. Then that pace is uh, way higher than anything you've uh, prepared for in the summer. And then you have the first regular season game, and that's a, another ridiculous higher level. And the same for the start of the playoffs. So it really slaps you in the face. It's a big a bit of a shock to your eyes when you your first three four minutes are like holy cow this is really at uh, a crazy speed here so yeah lots of emotion and you just try and uh, turn channel that emotion in the right direction I love that Al Arbor always said that the energy that emotion you have and you've got to try to find a way to channel it so you can use it and so it doesn't become uh, paralyzing but he didn't know how to you to do because everybody's different right so, you know and that was the the real challenge because the you know in three minutes you can let in three goals and all of a sudden season's off to a horrible start so you've got to try and make sure that uh, i always use a five minutes get me through the first five minutes and then i'll figure it out kelly both the oilers and the flames are coming off disappointing seasons 
I think both teams are expected to do better than last year, though yeah. the degree to which that is going to happen is, is under debate. And, and obviously, will it be to a great enough uh, degree that one or both of them uh, can make the postseason? I, I'm pretty optimistic for both teams. Uh, we'll, we'll, start, we'll start with the Oilers, who... Um, you know, I think there's. It, it's realistic to say the special teams will both be better. I think it's realistic that Cam Talbot will be closer yeah. to his 918 career save percentage. Uh, I sit here concerned a little bit about the depth defense spot. Will it be a youngster like Bouchard or Bear? How well is Garrison going to play? He did get his contract today. If people missed that off the top, um, you know, I, I I know you love McDavid and I know you love Nugent Hopkins and some of the other guys, but how do you see it uh, as a whole? Is there enough there to get them back? into the postseason? Well, I think going into uh, in comparison to last year for the Oilers, there's a fear factor, which is a good thing. Uh, I think they were trying to recapture what they had the previous playoffs, and they were just waiting for it to magically click in, and, uh, and that certainly didn't happen. And that's really the story of their season last year. They had a horrible start, and uh, no matter how well you play after that, for the most part, nobody's ever going to uh, catch those playoff teams. It happens occasionally, but not very often. And so they have to deal with that sort of emotion also, the, the uh, fear and the, uh, the disappointment of having such a slow start and then a ruined season. So I think that they'll have a, a much better focus to start with. And I also like, uh, you know, last year at the end of the year when McDavid was uh, paired up with Ryan Nugent Hopkins, I thought, I thought they really had some magic going. Uh, between the benches uh, in Calgary late in the season when uh, Edmonton came to Calgary, and I, I really was excited about that pair. And then you put, in, put on Ty Ratty, uh, a really skilled guy. You know, I've uh, watched Ty Ratty ever since he was a kid. I'm going to say ballpark around uh, 12 years old. He was uh, always played summer hockey with my nephew, uh, um, Curtis Volk, that is now playing in the KHL. And uh, so we'd go watch him play summer hockey here in Calgary, and you always knew he had people. Uh, just I thought his size really uh, worked against him. But in today's NHL, it doesn't matter. You look at even Yamgo and uh, Tobias Reeder, these guys that they've added, they're not, but they're certainly um, skilled, and that's the direction the league has gone in. And, you know, the big guy uh, doesn't necessarily have the same sort of uh, success. Kelly, from a Calgary perspective, uh, you know, I, I like what they've done up front. I think they have some good depth at forward. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, I, I like the way the, the, the defense shapes up for the most part. I, I think they can move puck up, puck up the ice. Yeah. I, I know some fans say to me, well, does Mike Smith have another year in him? Well, I don't see why he wouldn't. He, has, he hasn't really shown that he's going to drop off yet. Um, but I think Calgary, you know, the division's tough with San Jose and Vegas. But I, I like Calgary's makeup. I think that's a pretty well-rounded team. Yeah, you know what? They let their coach down last year. There's no question about it. They're, they needed to make changes. So uh, I really like uh, Glenn Gullickson. You're lucky to have him uh, on your Oilers staff. He's a quality person. I consider him a real friend. I got to know him from his time here, and uh, I think the world of him. But that group, the Flames, they let him down, and so they made the changes, and Bill Peters came in, and uh, they added, as you said, plenty of depth, especially up front. And uh, a guy that really surprised me over in uh, China that uh, I knew he was going to be a player, but I didn't recognize just how smart he is, and that's Derek Ryan. So mm-hmm. he's playing on their third line. He's a really terrific uh, 
uh, centerman, and right now he's uh, in with Dylan Duve and James Neal. We'll see. I'm sure they're going to make lots of uh, other moves also. But, yeah, much more depth. Uh, Mike Smith, you know, everybody talks about how the goaltending of Calgary let him down last year. It was only after he came back from his injury where he didn't play uh, as well as he had. I mean, he was their MVP for the first uh, four months of the season. He was even uh, in Tampa for the All-Star game. That's how uh, great he played last year. And then, unfortunately, the injury. And then uh, David Riddick and uh, John Gillies couldn't get the job done. But this is uh, – I expect Mike Smith is going to be excellent as well. I would be, although uh, like a lot of your uh, listeners, I don't know how much longer he has. I wouldn't want to – uh, think that he's going to be a, a top goalie for another two years, but certainly one more uh, I don't think is out of the question. Kelly, I'm going to close on this note. A regular listener with a great sense of humor has texted in. He goes by the name The Big L. He says, Hey, Reed, I live just outside of Calgary. Ask Kelly if I can borrow his snowblower. <laughs> just take a look at my uh, Instagram or my uh, Twitter account, Reed. You'll see my truck and how much snow we had today. It's ridiculous. Kelly, I'm so glad we're going to be doing this again all season. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the start of the year, and we'll talk again next week. Thanks. I'm glad to be back. Thanks, bud. That is Kelly Rudy every week here on Inside Sports. Love having him on the show. Uh, Always has a great story or two from his career. Tonight, the uh, feud with Lou Franceschetti, and obviously uh, we'll give you uh, his opinion on what's going on with the Oilers and around the NHL. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, you are welcome to text 630-630, the phone number 780-496-0063. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. National League wild card game tonight, bottom of the first. Cubs already trailing the Rockies 1-0. We'll keep you updated on that one as we move along throughout the show. Jack Michaels is going to join us from Germany. Uh, obviously, because of the time change, we uh, we taped this with Jack a little bit earlier today. Again, those Oilers roster moves, Garrison and Chason both signed to uh, one-year deals worth a reported $650,000 each. Chris Russell has been placed on injured reserve. He was uh, banged up in practice last week at Rogers Place. Andre Secra with the Achilles issue. Uh, he's been placed on long-term injured reserve. So, uh, I mean, tomorrow... And now Larson's not going to play tomorrow. They're going to give him the day off because uh, he had some back tightness on Saturday against Calgary. So uh, just to be safe, uh, they said he's not going to play. So could be Bouchard with Clefbaum, Nurse with Benning, and uh, Garrison with Bear. And then we'll see how it shakes down for the season opener coming up on Saturday. Up front, you got 14 forwards. Uh, I wonder if... 
Well, I wonder if Drake Kajula is going to be a healthy scratch Saturday, and then we'll see if it's uh, Chason or Cassian also sitting out of that game when they take on the Devils. New Jersey won 3-2 in overtime, their game in Europe against SC Burn yesterday. Taylor Hall was able to net the game winner. You uh, you may have uh, heard this by now. People are thinking the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to be pretty good this season. I know most of you are thrilled to hear that. Uh, they, they got this new video game out. Uh, it's called NHL 19. Made by old EA Sports. They simulated the whole season. They had the Maple Leafs winning the Stanley Cup. Isn't that great for everybody? Joe Bowen, Holy Mackinac from the Maple Leafs broadcast booth will join us a little bit later on. And I'm really looking forward to catching up with Lauren Weber. Now, the name may not ring a bell off the top, but if you listen to Inside Sports with any regularity, you will have heard this young man on the uh, show before. He plays for the Edmonton Seahawks. That's a uh, hockey team made up of uh, blind hockey players. Lorne's the goaltender, and he's got a pretty big opportunity coming up uh, for him. He's made a national team, so he's going to tell us that story. I love having Lorne on the show. Jack, when we get back, Inside Sports on 630 Jet. You're listening to 6.30 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. All right, so yeah, the Oilers headlines today. Garrison and Chason get contracts. Russell and Sekra placed on injured reserve, long-term injured reserve for Sekra. So we'll see if the Oilers do anything with that cap space. Tomorrow at 7, breakfast with the Oilers. Play-by-play of the game against the Cologne Sharks will start at 8. That's going to be fun, and uh, we will have overtime open line after the game. Hope you are able to tune in for that. Uh, this is an interesting text. Uh, the the Big L texting in once again. He says, hey, Reed, I missed most of Inside Sports in September. Uh, what did you think of the new marathon record? Well, I, I don't know if I, I talked about this, uh, Big L, but there was a new marathon record, of course, by a Kenyan runner. Two hours, one minute, and 39 seconds. Well, two things, Big L. First of all, it's not going to be in jeopardy of being broken by me. Second of all, wake me when you crack two hours, all right? <laughs> Uh, obviously, I'm joking. Uh, I mean, that's incredible. I, I mean, you see, I, I've talked about this. I, I, I run the Edmonton Half Marathon uh, every summer for the last, I think, nine or ten years now. Uh, and I have completed a couple full marathons at an incredibly slow and painful rate. And when you see the lead runners, when they, you know, pass you or when they, they're, well, they're usually coming back towards you on the on the loop of the course, it's it's amazing how fast they go and the length of time that they move at that speed. So, yeah, I mean, somebody will crack two hours eventually. 780-496-0063. We have Doug waiting to chime in. Hi, Doug. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Reed. Yeah, the Kenyan runner is a no threat by me either. I did the, <laughs> the uh, Lululemon 10K this summer, and guy, I wasn't even halfway through, and the guys were coming back pretty fast. Yeah. It's amazing how quick they are. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. Just in terms of the Eskimos, I think the biggest thing. I mean, we've t- you know everyone this week's been talking about McDermott getting laid up, getting fired, and tr- and trying to figure out where this team's going, considering how bad they were on Saturday. I think the biggest thing for me, as I look at this team, is that over three years uh, since Chris Jones left, I mean, they just I just don't feel this team has improved top to bottom. I just think they've been. There isn't, over the course of a season, there doesn't seem to be a lot of growth. And, and I'm a big Jason Moss fan. I'm not pushing to see Jason Moss leave town. But I, I just start to worry that this team 
and maybe this coaching staff right now is just not able to get this team over the hump and start to move up the hill over the course of the year like you see other teams doing. I mean, Saskatchewan, there was an example this year with Jones. They've they've steadily gotten better as the season's worn on. Even BC, I mean, with Lule going down, that changed their fortunes, but they've steadily gotten better too. I, I just haven't seen that yet out of this coaching staff, and I think that's the part that probably worries me the most. Well, I think you make a very good point, specifically to this season, about other teams improving and, and finding you know, new aspects of their game. And, and you're not going to win every game, but yeah, it's pretty alarming what the Eskimos have done. I mean, they were 5-2 and two their first seven games, 2-5 and five their last seven, and the offense has become a bigger problem. I mean, Doug, I actually think, and, it, and it's funny... Uh, I mean, Jason Moss is starting to get a lot more heat from the fans than he did earlier in the season. Mike Benavides for has been quite unpopular, I've found anyway, with a lot of my listeners since he came. But i got to say this, the defense, I think, has improved throughout the course of this season. And I think Benavides is doing more with less, especially related to the offense. I mean, I think that Sherritt's a good linebacker. Grimes is a good cover guy. And uh, Boateng is turning into a really good defensive lineman. I'm not sure there's a lot more excellent or above-average talent on the Eskimos' defense besides that. Yet they've improved and started making more plays, and they've been in bad situations most of the last couple weeks, most of the last seven games. And uh, you know the team hangs around, but the offense hasn't stepped up. So uh, you know there's there's heat on Jason. I, I'm not. It's not my personality to sit here and call for guys to be fired. And even if I did think that, they're not going to fire a coach with four games left in the season. But I, I think these next four games are are pivotal in not just the future of the head coach, but the future of the coaching staff. Yeah, I completely agree, and I've been one of the ones that has not been a big Mike Benavides fan, and I agree with you. I've been saying the last probably six, eight weeks, especially the front four, and you could probably argue the front seven has definitely improved. I think they've been a lot better. I still worry a bit about the secondary, and I, and I the one thing that does concern you about this defense as a whole, and we've seen that, especially with these road games where they've had fourth-quarter leads, and even the home game against Calgary where they, they blew the lead and darn near lost the game. I just don't know defensively if I have faith that they can make a stop when they need to uh, late in crunch time, but I totally agree with you. They've definitely gotten better. They've trended upwards, uh, whereas you're right, the offense has just gone completely backwards and it's, I mean, I know everyone's been saying this all week too, it's almost inexplicable considering the the uh, level of talent they have, even with a Darrell Walker out of the lineup, it just it just doesn't make sense. And well, that's like the it problem. It's not it's not a rebuilding offense with an inexperienced no. quarterback and maybe only one good receiver. You know, like they yeah no. they, they shouldn't score three points and they shouldn't struggle to sustain drives. I mean, like it's not yeah. it's not like they're getting into the red zone and and something goes wrong. They're they're not even getting to the red zone. Like that's that's the 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 big worry in my mind. That's gonna it's a tough one coming up on uh, on Thanksgiving Monday. Uh, you know the Riders have the, the Chris Jones formula, right? It's it often comes down to the fourth quarter, but they win. You know. Well, we saw that here with Jones yep. too. I mean, he's a guy in the second half of games. They make the adjustments at halftime and come out better. We saw that when he was the head coach here, and that's the, again the one thing. Again, I'm with you. I'm not a guy that loves trying to, you know, send coaching staffs under buses, but at the same time, we don't tend to see that. We haven't seen that with this staff, and so you're right. Heading into this game on Monday, um, you definitely worry about uh, how teams, how either team will be able to adjust as over the course of uh, of 60 minutes. Doug, it's always great when you call in, buddy. Enjoy the uh, hockey and football. 
Thanks, Reed. Appreciate it. That is Doug at 780-496-0063. This portion of the show presented by Furnace Family, your 24-7 furnace repair and furnace replacement specialist. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. Tell you what we're going to do. We will uh, take a quick time out right now, then we'll get to uh, Jack Michaels. Talk to him from Germany. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. Got a text here from Frustrated Fan. He says, I sat through that Eskimos-Bombers game and now I feel sick. Should I send my medical bill to the Eskimos? This last game doesn't surprise me. Frustrated fans, send that medical bill to me, and in return, I will send you some Blockbuster video coupons. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Chad, we will broadcast the Oilers game tomorrow morning. Jack Michaels is in Germany uh, sleeping right now, but I was able to talk to him earlier. Jack, how are you doing? I'm doing outstanding. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. This is a lot of fun having people on from overseas. Now, we have talked to you while you've been in England for Wimbledon, and I believe we have talked to you while you've been in Hawaii. So you are truly the most well-traveled of all inside sports guests as now you join us from Germany. How are things over there, Matt? You know, they're, they've been really interesting, to be honest with you. Uh, we've had a chance to check out some of the city. Uh, it has not been the most wonderful weather since we've arrived. It was beautiful the day we got here. It's been a little drizzly since, but uh, we're right in the heart of downtown. There's a beautiful cathedral that dates back to 1248. Uh, that's, that's right by our hotel. That is kind of the signature landmark of the city. And we're also just a few blocks from the Rhine, you know, the main, the main river. Uh, and there's, you know, a bridge with all the locks and stuff, and it, it overlooks a nice little kind of scenic spot. So it's, it's really a city that, uh, you know, where we're stationed right in the heart of it. So you, you get the feel of it. You also get the feel of everyday life. And, and tomorrow's a holiday here, so I've, I've got to find out what that holiday is all about. Well, I was wondering about that because the game's at 4 o'clock Cologne time, right? It's a, it's a late afternoon game, I believe, there. Correct, correct. It's going to be 8 o'clock back in Edmonton, but it's a 4 o'clock start locally here. So I've just got to do a little more research on uh, what the deal is with the holiday. But, uh, you know, right now as I'm talking to you, I'm, I'm walking through downtown. I'm walking through uh, a train station. I'm... I'm you know, literally at the center of town, uh, which again is kind of the the interesting thing about this city. Reed is it's really kind of only about a seventy year old city in the sense that everything was bombed uh, significantly during World War II, except for this cathedral, which. You know, I don't know who was running the mission or whatever, but the the legend has it that it was that it was a uh, a Roman Catholic and and didn't want to uh, didn't want to bomb the cathedral, and so it survived. And all this around it is you know is basically built in the in the fifties and sixties. And in fact, you know, the cathedral itself. And the reason I'm rambling on about it, it is it is basically how you kind of set your landmark in the whole town, a town of more than a million people. 
but uh, it's, it was a cathedral that they started building in 1248 and then abandoned in 1487. So first of all, it took 240 years, and then it didn't even finish it. Then it sat there, and they didn't finish it for another 400 years. So whoever had the contract on that originally really dropped the ball. <laughs> yeah, there's going to there's be a lawsuit, lawsuit still pending from that. Well, I've seen a lot of pictures of the cathedral. It looks like an amazing building. Uh, we are going to talk hockey, obviously, but i got to ask you one more since since you are in a, in a new city. I, and i got to ask you about the food scene, Jack. I know you haven't been there that long, but what can you tell us about the cuisine? Well, I mean, you know, it, it revolves around bread and bratwurst. So, I mean, and, and like schnitzel. So, which is, as I've understood it, schnitzel actually could be breaded just about anything. You know, it could be veal, it could be chicken, it could be pork. So you kind of have to narrow it down a little bit when you order it. Otherwise, you could be kind of come as you are type in terms of, you know, kind of a wild card there. But, uh, you know, it, it is it is fairly basic beyond that. I mean, there's not, you know, and obviously there's lots of Kolsch, you know, going around. So you've, you've got basically beer, bread, and brat. So, you know, my, my suggestion, Reed, is make sure you have a treadmill nearby when you do visit. <laughs> there you go. Jack Michaels joining us from Cologne, Germany. Oilers and Cologne Sharks tomorrow on 6.30. Chad, breakfast with the Oilers will start at 7 a.m. Mountain Time. And uh, play-by-play with Jack and Bob will start at 8. Okay, so that transitions uh, into the game. And obviously the Oilers announcing yesterday that uh, Chris Russell and Adam Larson will not play. So, uh, you know, you're looking at Bear. You're looking at Bouchard. You're looking at Garrison, all guys who have been competing for those depth spots. And uh, another another opportunity there for uh, one of the, well, I guess a couple of the younger Oilers and then a, a guy in on a PTO trying to earn a deal. Another chance for uh, for at least a couple of them to impress. Well, and, and it's almost by necessity at this point, Reid, because with the deal that's in Eurobeck for, uh, you know, six, maybe a fifth-round pick, depending on how the Blues utilize him this year, Edmonton's already basically down to you know six. I mean, they got six healthy defensemen with with Russell and Larson not able to go. Now, I think that's a day to day type thing, and I think if it was playoffs, you know, Adam Larson certainly would probably be able to give it a go. But for right now, they've got six healthy defensemen. That's who's going to dress tomorrow, and then up front. You're going to see the horses. I mean, obviously, you don't come all this way and, and not give the 18,000 that are going to be packed into the arena tomorrow, uh, you know, without a, a shot at them looking at, at, at guys like Connor McDavid and Ryan Dugan Hopkins and Leon Dreisaitl. So it just depends. I mean, they're basically down to two extra players, the two extra forwards. Uh, Koskinen's going to start the whole game. I think, to be honest with you, in the practice I viewed, uh, in any event, I think Cam Talbot had some challenges with the Olympic angles. Uh, he's played very well in the preseason, so maybe uh, the thought process that is there is leave, you know, let that, uh, you know, you can leave that alone for now, and and uh, why why put him onto an ice sheet where he's not necessarily uh, familiar? So I, I would expect Koskinen to go to the distance unless something strange happens. So it's going to be a great atmosphere. I had a chance to talk to uh, former Oilers winger Ryan Jones, and it is very much as you might think. 
a uh, bit of a soccer atmosphere. I expect plenty of uh, chanting, uh, drinking, and uh, a lot of noise uh, crowded into the largest hockey arena in the world outside of North America. I mean, that's that's what they're playing in front of tomorrow, and uh, I'm really excited to check it out. Jack, have you, you know, I don't, I don't know how much mingling you've been able to do or how much German media you've been able to interact with, but do you think Dreisaitl playing in Germany as an NHLer is is the big story or the fact that the former Hart Trophy winner and two-time scoring champ Connor McDavid uh, is there? Or is it maybe a, a bit of a saw-off that they're both big deals for, for different reasons? Yeah, I would I would say the latter. I mean, I think people over here are excited to see McDavid. Uh, but Cologne is much like Edmonton in the sense, and I had a chance to talk with Leon and, for that matter, his father Peter about the city a bit. And I, I just wanted to get a feel for, you know, what the city's identity was. And really, similar to Edmonton, they said, you know, it's a city of more than a million, but it feels like a small town. And there is a lot of pride in Leon. So I think there's going to be excitement about that. Uh, Leon's catching up with with a couple of his Olympic teammates and some guys he's played with at World Championships. So, and remember, before Leon comes to Edmonton, Reed, he's training with these guys. You know, Peter Dreisaitl opened camp on August the 1st. So before Leon ever arrived in Edmonton, he was already participating in drills on the ice and skating on a regular basis with, you know, with, with the team he's going to be playing tomorrow night as an opponent. So uh, there's a lot of familiarity uh, with the players, with the coaching staff, and obviously with the community. So for Leon in particular, it's going to be uh, really an awesome experience. And when I got a chance to talk with Peter, uh, as Leon predicted, he wasn't the most effusive in terms of, you know, the pride bubbling over, but you could tell this means a lot to him. And, uh, you know, he's going to be he's going to be part coach, but part dad on the Cologne bench tomorrow. Well, it's uh, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to a bit of a, a, a different start time. That's going to be uh, interesting to be jumping on the air for a game that early. And uh, I know it's going to be fun for you and Bob to, to be in that environment and call it as well. Jack, uh, glad you're enjoying the experience over there just from the, the aspect of getting to travel to a different city, too. That's pretty cool. Thanks for hopping on Inside Sports, man. We'll see you when you get back. Absolutely. The wind's kicked up a little bit, so my apologies. <laughs> That was all good. Uh, that was Jack a little earlier today. So, of course, since we talked, Garrison and Chase on did get PTOs. Secker and Russell placed on injured reserve. More on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Top of the third NL wildcard game, Colorado 1, Cubs nothing. Are the Leafs going to win it all? Will they handle the expectations? Joe Bowen from their play-by-play chair when we get back. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.